Bible's turning to the book of John chapter 9. As you are doing that, I uh, just want to say a quick thank you to the band. Uh, every Sunday I get to sit up here and uh, listen to them, and I so enjoy them. And uh, maybe you're new with us, maybe you've just been with us the last couple of years, but um, this year I will finish nine years here, and I can remember my first Sunday here, actually about my first month here. Um, we had about four different music leaders that came and, and volunteered for us. Uh, and then Stacia came and did it for a few months. Then we had a guy drive up from West Plains for about uh, two years. And so every Sunday he'd come up for two years. And now uh, not only do we have a stage full of musicians and singers, uh, but God has continued to bless us in that department. So we are thankful for that. Um, and I'll say something else uh, as before we get started this morning. Uh, I had a, a, a parent uh, send me a picture of, of their child's um, journal. And it was talking about uh, how the, the, this particular child was wanting to worship God and was wanting to, and had heard some things that had been, had been taught in class and had been taught in services. And, and I tell you, when, when you see, if you're a teacher here this morning and you're upstairs this morning, let me say thank you. Um, and, and parents, if you've, got, if you've got children or grandchildren that are in our uh, uh, First Church Kids Ministry, and you see those teachers, you tell them thank you because they are doing a fantastic job down there and, and your children are learning a lot. And I appreciate Melissa's prayers every week for our, our students and our teachers. Uh, but you be uh, praying for them and you thank them when you see them because they are, we got, a, we got some outstanding, outstanding volunteers that faithfully serve our kids and, and always looking for more. And so if that's something that may uh, interest you, then, then uh, come see me and we'll get you in contact with who you need to speak to about it. Uh, John chapter 9 is we're going to be this morning. We have been in a series called uh, One Thing. And what has blown my mind more than anything else is the more and I get into it, the deeper I get into it, the more these series, these, 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 these scriptures seem to come together and, and, and interlink with one another. Uh, we started our series with one thing I ask, and we pulled that from Psalm chapter 27, verse 4, where David says, one thing I ask that I would dwell in that one thing I seek after that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I would, uh, that I would um, gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, that I would uh, inquire in his temple. And so we talked about that one thing to ask and that being a desire to be in the presence uh, of the Lord. The second thing we talked about and you can follow along on the bottom of the screen, is one thing you lack. And we talked about, instead of talking about the things we lack, which is what Jesus pointed out to the rich young ruler when he said, one thing you lack, uh, go and sell everything you own, give it to the poor and come and follow me. Uh, we talked about what we gained in Christ Jesus. Um, then last week, uh, Luke, which if you missed last week, go online and listen. Luke did a fantastic job uh, talking about one thing necessary. And, uh, and so uh, he spent some time talking about Mary and Martha and their interaction with Jesus. And, and Martha said, you know, Lord, you know, Martha was busy with, with, with was distracted by much busyness, uh, which I think all of us can relate to. And uh, she goes to Jesus and says, does it not bother you, paraphrase, that Mary's not serving? And he says, Martha, Martha, Martha. You know, there's a lot of things that you can be anxious about, a lot of things you can worry about, but he said, Mary's chosen the good portion. One thing is necessary. Mary's chosen the good portion, and that will not be taken away from her. And if you, as a matter of fact, I would encourage you, go in your Bible and, and maybe look up that word portion and follow where it goes through the scripture, because there's a lot of beautiful scriptures uh, that deal with being our portion. 
And then this morning, uh, we're going to talk about uh, one thing I know. Now, this one's going to be a little bit different in that, to me, this is a little bit more they're all personal. All, all, the, all the scriptures and all these things that we've studied about, we need to take, you know, about one thing I ask that I, Andy, and, and you, uh, Terry, and whatever your name is, that you would dwell in the presence of the Lord. But I feel like this one's one of those that just kind of hits us at a different level. Jesus uh, is walking and, and into Jerusalem and he sees a, a, a man and, and it's just a, a beautiful story of, of what's going to happen and, and I just love it. And a matter of fact, I, I love it so much, I've rewritten this sermon about six different times, so I'm not even entirely sure what you're going to get this morning, but uh, we're going we're gonna to pray together, and then we're going to open God's Word, and we're going to read and see what God has to tell us this morning. So let's bow together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be here this morning, Lord, for us to be able to worship together, Lord. I thank you for the songs that uh, have filled our hearts, Lord. I thank you for your Word that's about to fill our mind, and Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and minds, that we would receive from you, Lord, uh, what you desire from us, Father. Our, our desire is a church. Lord, is that our people would walk uh, closely with you, Lord, that they would, that they would know you, Father, that they would uh, be able to, to, to serve you and, and, and to love you and to know just more about you, Father, that, that there would be a conviction there, Lord, that, uh, and, and that they would know, Lord, that they would know for certain, Lord, that they are a child of God, that they would know for certain that you have saved them, that they would know for certain that they're walking, that there wouldn't be any guesswork, that it wouldn't be any, well, I hope, that it would just, that we would know, that it would be a fact that we would absolutely uh, adhere to, Lord, and know for certain. And so, Father, we pray this morning, Lord, that we would be able to walk out of here knowing, Father. And Lord, we pray today also for those that maybe have come to us this morning, Lord, and their, their hearts are burdened, Lord, their hearts are heavy. Uh, Lord, I pray that for each of those requests, Lord, we may not know the need specifically, but Father, we are confident and we know that you do. And so, Lord, we pray for each of those, Father, that you would be the God of all comfort, that you would comfort them, and Lord, their affliction, that you would comfort them in their anxiety, that you would uh, comfort them, Lord, in, in whatever they're, they're, they're uh, working their way through, Lord. And Father, we just ask your blessings on each and every one of our people, Lord. You are the great I am. Lord, you are what we need, and, and, and Lord, you are our, our great shepherd, and Lord, we're, we're never in want when we're with you. And so, Lord, I thank you that you are our portion. I thank you that you are our God, Lord, and I thank you that you are the God who sees. And Father, we just ask and pray that you'd be with each and every one of us this morning, Lord, as we study your word, that you would help us to hear it, to understand it, and help us to apply it to our lives. For it's in Christ's name and for your glory, Lord, we ask it all. Amen. Amen. John chapter 9, and we're going to begin reading here uh, in verse uh, 1. It says, as he, Jesus, passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. Now let's stop right there. Let's stop right there. We could spend the rest of the morning on that one verse. I won't, but I, I want to I point something out this morning that we cannot afford to miss. Jesus is walking and he sees a man from earth. So this man could see nothing. It was like, I have to wear glasses. I can remember as a kid, uh, I, I avoided the glasses for as long as I could. I would sit in the back of the class and I could see. And then the next year I'd move up to the middle row. And then I remember about my senior year of high school, I just literally couldn't, I could barely see from the front row and I just didn't want to admit it. But an amazing thing happened when I finally went and got some glasses. All of a sudden the world had shaped. I was seeing things I had never seen before. Trees were brown stumps with green blobs on top, kind of like I still would draw a tree. 
But now, you know, all of a sudden you put those glasses on and everything's in 3D. You see things in such clarity and such uh, precision. And it was just like, I mean, it was literally like one, you know, we joke, some of us that, that you know, have Coke bottle glasses that, you know, we're, we're blind as bats. And, and we, we joke like that and we really feel that way. But this man, we got to remember, he was literally blind and could see nothing. But the important thing was, is that Jesus saw him. And I want to remind you this morning that God sees you. He doesn't look down and see a brown stump and a clump of trees. He doesn't look down and just see a bunch of people gathered in a church on Sunday morning. He looks down and he sees every leaf. He sees every one of you love what Hagar says in Genesis chapter 16. You know, she's feeling bad and, and God comes and tells her about the son that she's going to give and she praises God and she's called, she says, you are the God who sees, the God who lives has seen me. And listen, church, God sees you. He sees what you are going through. He sees what you are dealing with. And let me promise you something. It may feel like God is not doing anything, but God is doing everything in his power to make things right in your life. Now, we're going to talk about why God does that in a little bit and, 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 our, and, our understand, and not understanding why or, or, or not having answers to some of those things. But listen, church, God sees you, and we can never forget about that because I, I want you to think about something. Here was this guy. Now, the two, two facts about what we're, we're talking about here. This particular blind man was sitting at a gate to the city. And so there were no doubt people walked by all day, every day, and walked right past this guy and never gave one iota, one shred of thought for this blind man. But on this particular day, Jesus saw him. And then it was the Sabbath. This was a day that, that, that really those, that, that the beggars were not to be out. But for some reason, this man on this day was at that gate and in walks Jesus and Jesus sees the blind man. But it's not just that Jesus saw him. If we keep reading in chapter nine, look at verse two. And it says, and his disciples asked him, said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born, born blind? Now I read that and I think, I think in my, it was, it, I tell you, I'll just be honest with you. This, that verse convicted me. Because how many times do we see somebody in need and we don't look at them and say, how can I meet that need? Instead, I look and I try to decide why they're in the shape that they're in. You know what I'm talking about? People come and they need some money for something or they come and they need something and, and you're like, you know, you just want to say, well, if you do this, and all of a sudden we start, now we may ultimately help them, but my first mind isn't to show them mercy and compassion. It's not to show them mercy and compassion. And I was thinking, you know, as a church, my desire is for us to be a compassionate people. To be a group that when we see somebody in need, we go and meet that need. Because Jesus, you know, he, he redirects the, the, the conversation. He says, look at verse 3, he says, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, let me share something with you. We're going to look at the phrase in a little bit, but I want, us to think, I want you to think about something and apply it to your life this morning. Later on, this blind man, you know, we're going to see that Jesus heals him. And later on in the chapter, he says this. He says, one thing I know, I was blind. 
And you know, I'm going to admit to you this morning, there's some things I just don't know, right? I don't know. I don't know why some of you have endured sickness for as long or the type of sickness that you've endured. I don't have that answer. I don't know why some of you have suffered in some areas of life. I don't, I don't have that answer. I don't know why some of you have prayed prayers for years and yet for some reason up until this point, maybe those prayers have not quite been answered. I, I can't explain that. I don't know. And that's what this blind man says. Look, I, I don't know. He, he says about Jesus, I don't know if this man's a sinner or not, but one thing I do know. I don't, I don't have answers. And a lot of times we feel like in this life we don't get answers. And sometimes we turn to God and we say, well, why, well, why, well, why? And I want to remind us this morning, sometimes God allows things to happen in our life that the works of God might be displayed in you. That the works of God might be displayed in you. See, this man's about to experience something that he would have never been able to experience, and it's going to lead to something even greater than his vision being restored. But it all started because the man was born blind. And I want to remind you something about the God that we serve. The God that we, that we serve is not a responder to human needs. He doesn't look and say, oh my goodness, I didn't see that coming. And, and all of a sudden he has to respond to whatever affliction you have in your life. God is from the bottom up. He is a planner. There is nothing that you've experienced in life that isn't fit into his plan for your life so that the works of God may be made manifest in you so the works of God may be done in you so that maybe through your circumstance or your situation, God may receive glory and maybe someone else is looking in on that and they see what's going on and maybe he, they're, they're watching as God is healing your marriage and, and they've all of a sudden got hope for theirs or maybe they're watching how God is giving you strength in the midst of your affliction and, they're, and now they're praying that God would give them strength in the midst of theirs. They're seeing how you have had joy in the midst of your suffering, and now they're seeing that there's something, a greater hope than just the, uh, the emotions that come that, that are a, a result of our immediate circumstances. We don't know, we don't always know the plan, but here's what I do know, that God allows things to come into our lives so that he may be made manifest in us. And, and to borrow again from that, that the works of God may be displayed in us. God sees you, God has a plan for you, and his works are gonna be displayed in you. So we don't look at life as a, as a, as a you know, we're kind of moping along. We look at it and say, listen, this is bad, but God is good, and he makes all things work to the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And so his works will be displayed in me if I'll keep my eyes focused on him. And so we look at this, and he says, but look what Jesus does. He says, uh, he says, we, he says it was not that this, that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when, when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the, the light of the world. So what is this? I, to me, this is almost like a call for us because in, in, in Matthew chapter five, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. That we as Christians are lights in a dark place, that we are lights of the world and that there is work for us to be doing. That we are to, 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 to see those who are, are less fortunate. That we're to see those who are blind, whether it's spiritual blindness or physical blindness. That we're to see those who need help and not to walk past them 
I think sometimes we're about like the, you remember the story of the Good Samaritan? You ever stopped and, and chewed on that one for a little bit? Because there's three people who walk by the guy who's suffering in a ditch. There, and two of them are people from church. Have you ever noticed that? There's the, the priest and the, and, the, and, the, and the Levite or something, but two of them are people from church. Walk right by a person in need. In fact, they go so far as to cross the street and walk on the other side just to avoid the guy. But then you've got the Samaritan who, if you didn't know, Jews and Samaritans did not really like one another. But yet this Samaritan sees this Jew lying in a ditch and he stops and he anoints him with, with oil and salve to help him, to help him heal and to, to soothe his wounds. Then he takes him to, a, to an inn and he, and he serves him there and then he has to go. And so he tells the innkeeper, here's some money. I want you to take care of this young man and, and I'll return. And if I owe you more money, I'll pay you when I get back. And I don't want to be known as a church like that. I don't want to be known as people like that where we, where we walk by on the other side. But I want us to see folks and I want us to be that light. I want us, you know, there are people out there who are praying, God, if you see me, send some sign that you do. And God's saying, hey, I want you to make a phone call. I want you to go see that person. I want you to go visit. I want you to meet the need. I want you to go. I want you to do and we say, well, I'm not real sure how they're going to handle that. We may be the light that they need that's going to lead them to Jesus. God, you do see me. That phone call came at just the right time. God, you do see me. That, that, all that service came at just the right time. And church, that's our, that's our call. We're to be the hands and feet of Jesus, not to cross by on the other side. You will be the answered prayer of someone seeking Jesus, if you'll open yourself up to the opportunity to be used by God, you will be the answered prayer. You will be the light. You will be the one that introduces them to the love of Jesus and helps them understand that God is real. Now let's keep reading because Jesus not only sees the young man, but he serves the young man. He says in, in verse 6, Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud, and he said to him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and, and came back seeing. So then there's, there's neighbors, and we go on the rest of the chapters. The neighbors, they, they're seeing him, and they can't believe it because they could have sworn this man was really blind. And they said, well, this guy just looks like that guy. And others are saying, no, this really is that guy. And so they ask him, how were your eyes open? And he answers in verse 11, the man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and told me to go to Sloan and wash. And so what did I do? Sounded like a, 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 you know, sound like a good idea to me, so I went and washed. And now I can see. And then they want to know where is he? And he says, I don't know. Well, then these friends or these people that have heard this, they bring the Pharisees. You know, that's always a great idea. They bring the Pharisees to the man that had formerly been blind. This is in verse 13. It says that it was 14, it was the Sabbath. And so they're mad at Jesus because Jesus anointed a man on the Sabbath and he healed the man on the Sabbath and he kneaded mud on the Sabbath like you would knead bread. And all that was considered work to them and against the law. And so they had a problem with him. And then they call the man to him and they want to know about what happened. And so he tells them about what happens. Well, then in verse 24, uh, evidently they weren't satisfied. So it says, for a second time, a second time, the Pharisees call this man who was blind, but now we see they call him in to, to stand before him again. 
And he says, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner, referring to Jesus. And the, and the blind man answered. He said this. He says, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But he says, one thing I do know, though I was blind, now I see. He says, look, I can't answer all your questions. I don't have answers to all of them. I've told you. And he says, what? You know, y'all sound like you want to be disciples of Jesus. And they get all mad about that and say they're disciples of Moses. And that in chastising for that, they wind up kicking this guy out of a synagogue, which is like the biggest thing ever for a Jew to be kicked out of the synagogue. But this guy says, look, one thing I know. I was blind, but now I see. Now, church, here's where it gets personal. I had an opportunity to visit with a, with a, a couple of students last week. And, uh, and as we were, as we were conversing, I had noticed on one particular Sunday, one of these students had raised, had raised their hand that they had what I, what I assume everybody knew was the prayer of salvation that, you know, you pray, you know, you, you're praying that prayer. It is the, it is the expression of the mouth where with the mouth, one confesses with the heart, one believes. And so we pray making that confession. We pray, we verbalize what we are saying. We believe in our hearts that, that Jesus is Christ and that God raised him from the dead. And so I'm having this conversation. I just asked him, I said, Hey, are you, are you saved? You know, have you ever asked Jesus to be your, you know, to be your savior? Do you know for certain that you're saved? And both of them looked at me. Both of them have said they had prayed that prayer. And both of them looked at me like, I don't know. They just didn't know. And then I immediately, I'm like, well, I failed it because I've not clearly explained this. And here's what I want us to know. You see, there's something to be said about a person when they can speak with conviction on something. That, that, that when, 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 they, when, they, when, when there's a certainty, you can hear something in this man's words, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know is that I was blind, but now I see. Now, here's the truth this morning. There are some things I don't know. In fact, I, I would say this. If we were going to break this down a little bit, I would say this. You and I this morning, we have a lot in common with this blind man. One, you and I are both, uh, we, we all suffer from the same weakness. We have a problem of which we can do nothing on our own to fix it. Now, what's that problem? Well, that problem for us is sin. For this blind man, it was that his blindness. He couldn't do anything about that, but Jesus saw him. And Jesus did something about it. For us, we have the same weakness. We have, a, we have something wrong with us that we can do nothing of ourselves about. We can't do anything about it on our own. We can't fix us. We can't heal us. We can't, we can't mend what is broken. We can't do anything about it. But Jesus can. And Jesus comes into this man's life and does an amazing healing miracle. And this guy says, look, I can't, I don't know if this guy's a sinner or not, but here's what I do know. I was blind. I could not see, but now I can. And there was a resolve in him. There was a, there, you could not have, there was no convincing that man otherwise. He was confident in what God had done with him. And see, for another thing that we have in common with this guy is that we get blind too. We are either blind from our sin, we don't, we, don't, we don't acknowledge our sin, we don't recognize our sin, or if you kind of take it a step further, we can be blind by our sin. 
that all of a sudden we just don't see it anymore. We don't want to see it. We don't care to see it. We're not looking for it anymore. And we need Jesus again to come in and heal that and and repair that so that we can repent of that and be made right with him. But, you know, I talked about, you know, this idea, you know, there's some things I don't know. You know what? There are some things, there are some things, as I was thinking about this, that there were some things that I do know. You know, I do know that Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me so. I know it says, for God so loved the world. It's all over the pages of scriptures that this is love, not that we love, but that Christ first loved us or God first loved us. That he, that he loves me, that he cares for me, that he sees me. You, I don't care. You know, the Pharisees, they wanted to say, well, he really wasn't blind. And they had all their reasons why, this, why Jesus really didn't heal this guy. And we can, have, we can encounter all kinds of excuses that will say, well, Jesus really doesn't love us. And Satan's going to plant all kinds of seeds in our mind. They're going to make us doubt that. But I'm telling you this morning, Jesus loves you. And there's, no, there's nothing anybody could ever say to me that will convince me otherwise. Nothing. If there's one thing I know, it is that Jesus loves me. If there's one thing I know, it's that Jesus loves you, that he cares for you. I know that Jesus died for me. I know that Jesus called me. I know that Jesus saved me. I know that Jesus has changed me. And I know that Jesus has commissioned me. Well, I know what Jesus has done in my life. And there's not, well, you had an emotional experience. No, I didn't. I had an experience with Jesus. Well, you were in a, a susceptible place in life, and, 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 and Andy, you just, uh, you just found something that, that answered your questions and, and, and really moved on your heart, and, and you, you, just, you, you just latched onto that, and, and you've transferred all this. And No, I'm telling you, Jesus has saved me. There's no other explanation for the change that has happened in my life over the years except that Jesus died for me. I placed my faith in him to save me and to forgive me, and he did, and he has changed me, and now I walk a new life. And here's one thing I do know. There's a whole lot of one thing I do know, but there's another thing that I know. I know that my only regret in serving Christ is having not done it a whole lot sooner than I actually did. I know Jesus saves. I know that he has saved me. I know that he has saved some of you. I know that he wants to save the rest of you if you're not saved this morning. I know that if you were the only person who was ever going to be saved in the history of mankind, that he would have still died on that cross, still paid the penalty for your sins, that you could come and be his child. That's how much he loves you. And I want us to be able to say, there's one thing I know. I was this, but now I am this. I was unsaved. I was lost. I was a child of wrath. I was deserving punishment. But now, because of Jesus, I I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was dead, but now, praise God, I'm alive. And I want us to know that, not be like walking through life, well, I hope, you know, well, hope I don't turn an ankle, hope I don't break my neck, hope I don't, we're just kind of hoping through life. We can know. We can know. It's it's written in the words that, you know, that these things were written so that you could know that you're a child of God, that you could know that Jesus has saved you. And we can know this morning. 
We can know that God is fully capable of healing and maybe he tarries this morning so that his works might be displayed in you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've prayed a prayer for years and your prayer has been answered recently. Then you know what? Give God the glory. His works have been displayed in you. And don't ever hesitate. Listen, don't ever hesitate to praise God publicly for what he has done. Well, I don't want to be bragging. I don't want it to sound like I'm being boastful. Listen, we don't boast in ourselves. We boast in Christ. And if God has answered a prayer, if God has come through for you, then please share that with other people. We got a, a, a answered prayer um, shadow box thing out there that I know is only a fraction of the way full because we don't write that stuff down and we don't drop that stuff in there. We want to see that. We want that to be an encouragement to the rest of us that God is answering the prayers of our people. Some of you, you're the, very, you know, the, the fact that you're here this morning is an answered prayer. It is an answered prayer. One thing I know And if I had to give you two one thing I knows, it would be one, that God sees you, and two, God wants you to have confidence in the relationship. That God wants you to have confidence in the relationship. He wants you to have confidence that you are saved. He wants you to have confidence as you walk with him and as he leads you, as he helps you be that light, as we reflect that light of Jesus Christ in the lives of other people, that we can be confident as we follow his will for our lives. And it's not one big will. You know, for me to stand here and say, well, God's will for my life was to be a, a preacher, that's just, it's, a, it's a part of his will for my life. Every day I wake up and he's got other things that he wants me to do underneath that. That it's not like, well, God, I'm fulfilling your will. And so, you know, this is all, I'm, I'm, this is the end all be all. Every day we wake up, it says every day you take up your cross and you follow him. It's a daily decision. It's a daily choice that we make. Not just one answered, you know, one answered, you know, say yes to one thing and then you're off the hook for the rest of your life. And if you're here this morning and, and you're a part of this church and you regularly attend our church, God has a will for you within the church. Maybe there's someone in this church this morning that you need to see, not just look at. I was listening to, to the message on XM the other day on the way home, um, on the way home from Mountain Grove. We were down there for a retirement party for Ashley's dad, and kids were sleeping in the back seat of the car, and I was listening. And, uh, and, and this guy was talking about this song that, that he had, had written, and, he, and, and, and the, the basis of it was he said, you know, I'm tired of walking into church and shaking hands and people seeing me but never looking me in the eye. Of people asking me how I'm doing but not really care what comes out of my mouth. Of hugging people and not really sure whether they genuinely love me or not. And you know what, that really, that really struck a chord with me because I think sometimes we kind of fall into that, don't we? We shake a hand and, and, and really it's on both sides. You know, I shake your hand, ask how you're doing and you say, I'm fine. And I look into your eyes and I can tell you're anything but, but you won't say anything about it. And I'll be honest, I've been guilty too of walking in and shaking a hand and ask you how you're doing and you say something and to fault on my part and a sin on my part is that I'm often looking or thinking about something else. 
Maybe someone here this morning that you need to see. Not just look at, not just shake hands with, not just hug their neck, but you need to see that we serve one another, that we love one another. Because I want us to say, I want, us, I want to be able to use that phrase, I know. Maybe it's not one thing. Maybe it's a multitude of things. But I know that Jesus loves me. I know that Jesus saves me. I know that my church family loves and cares for me. I know what God is wanting me to do in this church. I know that I have a role to play in, the, in, 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 in God's ministry, that he has called me and that he has commissioned me to serve as a child of God. That I know, I know, I know. And listen, I know and you'll never convince me otherwise. I know. There are some things I just know. And I know that Jesus lives. I know that if we want to walk in the life that all of us desire to walk in, we want to live joyfully. We want to live happily. We want to, we want to live in, 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 in God's, you know, we want to live in blessing. We just don't, you know, maybe you're here this morning and you're just not sure that it's God's blessings you were looking for. But if you want that, it's, it all starts with Jesus. It doesn't, you know, you made a good first step in coming to church, but I'm just going to tell you this morning, this church is not going to answer all your questions. It's not going to cure all your problems. It's Jesus. Jesus does. And we come here together as a church because we are a collection of broken people who sought out, the same, sought out some of the same things you're seeking out. And we found Jesus, and he was the answer to that. It wasn't church. It wasn't religion. It wasn't attendance. It wasn't checking boxes. It was Jesus. Who healed this man? Jesus. Who did all the healings in the scriptures? Jesus. He did that. And I don't know what your weakness is. I don't know what your area uh, uh, maybe your, of your affliction is. Maybe it's, you know, we're not blind. Maybe it's something else. But there's something else that's affecting us. And Jesus can take care of that. But the first thing we want to do is we got to surrender to him. We got, to, we, got, we got to receive him as our Lord and Savior. And we do that by confessing with our mouth and believing with our heart. And I do, well, does that mean we have all the answers? Does it mean that we completely understand what the, the Trinity is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? No. Does it mean I completely understand how Jesus was born of a virgin? No. Does it mean I completely understand how, how, why Jesus had to die on a cross and, why, you know, and how he rose again on the third day? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that, listen, I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to believe what the Bible says that Jesus was literally the Son of God, fully man, fully God, that he was literally God in the flesh, God in, in a human form, just like we're sitting here today, and that he came, that he lived a sinless life, perfect in every way, and he died to pay the penalty for my sins. What's the Bible tells us? The wages of death, the due payment for, for or the wages of sin, the due payment for sin is death. But, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so if we, if we, I'll lead us in a prayer here in a few minutes. If you're here this morning and you've never placed, you know, you've never trusted Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, basically what we're doing is we're confessing with the mouth and we're believing with our heart. And if you believe that and you pray that prayer, it's not the prayer that saves you, it's the faith. 
It's the faith in the things you're praying about. It's the faith that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, that Jesus is the Redeemer of our souls, that Jesus is the one who saves us and forgives us. And if we pray that and we believe that in our hearts, we don't have to understand everything, but if we believe that in our hearts, it says, then you will be saved. You confess in your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. That's, that's the Bible. That's scripture. That's what God tells us. That if we'll do that, we will be saved. And we don't have to wonder anymore. And we can say with certainty that God sees me, that God sees my condition, that God sees my circumstance, that God sees my suffering, that God sees everything that I'm dealing with. And we can be like Job and say, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that he lives. I know that he lives. And I know that he is mine. And I know that, he, that, that I am his. Would you stand this morning? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning.